Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey everyone, and welcome to Elijah Streams. We're pre-recording today's episode, so you might see a little bit different in the background, but this is airing to you guys Monday, May 8th. 2023. You know, it's Monday, so we have Johnny Enlow on with us. We're going to kind of pick up where we left off last week, and I know Johnny has a lot to share with us today. So get ready. It's going to be a packed show full of revelation. I know you guys are going to love it. But before we bring on Johnny, we want to thank you again for partnering with us as we continue to dig wells all over Uganda by you guys helping us. Lives are being changed and God's love is being shown each and every day. Enjoy this video to see what's going on over there in Uganda. Clean water is such a blessing. Thank you for partnering with us. You can donate at ElijahStreams.com slash donate, or you can mail in your gift. Thank you again for partnering with us. You know, Johnny is uh, going to be on with us today. And one thing I love about Johnny is we we talk a little bit before we start and he's like, I have this and I have this. And there's there's so much excitement about the mandate that God has placed on his life. And Johnny is so passionate about the Seven Mountain Mandate. Uh, He's going to be sharing with us Revelation again on that today, kind of going over Revelation 4, 5 again. Uh, Johnny is an international speaker. He's an author. He's a father. He's a grandfather. And he has lots of passion for God's kingdom. So let's welcome on my guest today, Johnny Enlow for Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Johnny, welcome to the show. Hello, Kelsey. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Uh, You know, we're pre-recording because you're about to head off to Israel. Yes, we are. I'm super excited about that, taking a bunch of uh, the family and a lot of our friends um, and some of you out there watching right now um, or theoretically watching right now, probably on the trip with us. So (laughs) so there will be no um, I I think if I remember correctly, yesterday, Sunday, the uh, they're supposed to have been the running of the Kentucky Derby. So there'll be no comments on that. Um, at this time, at least till you get back, (laughs) not at least till I get back. And, um, even then we'll see if it, 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 if it becomes important enough to move ahead of where, where the Lord has us, uh, we have, you know, I I just want to start saying this is that the last five, I think it's the last five programs. I can't emphasize how important they've been. If you want to kind of stay oriented as to both the big picture and the smaller picture. By the smaller picture, you know, those are the three episodes we've had with Andrew Whalen and sharing his dreams and what the Lord's shown him. And really it confirms just so many things we've been saying for a few years and that several of us have been saying. And so it really, you know, it hones in, lands in at the national scene and covers a lot of things and where we're at, super encouraging. And then 
the, the two without him is where we've gone into addressing eschatology, addressing Revelation 4 and 5, how the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we're going to pick up with some exciting stuff in just a moment here in Revelation 5. And then we want to get as far, um, at least as Revelation 6, 1, 1 and 2, on the opening of the first seal. And I'll have to say, I have never preached or shared this anywhere before. I've shared with you, I have a book from 2012. And there's, you know, it's it's not been allowed by the Lord to be released. Mm -hmm. um, but he's allowing me at this time to release and go. We're going to go seal by seal. You're going to see it's very instructive to where we're at right now. And um, but it is exciting. I think only my uh, editors and Elizabeth have uh, been privy to it. Well, I did share it with Peter Wagner years ago before he passed away. And I, and I should have saved his comments, highly endorsing it. But um, there was, you know, it was the body of Christ wasn't ready, uh, you know. Um, I I hate to say it that way because it sounds, uh, you know, I don't know, presumptuous or pompous or what in some way. But the, the reality is there is, you know, there's been a, an eschatology that the body of Christ has been holding on to, sort of like Linus held on to his blanket. And so you, you don't want to try to take Linus's blanket away or he won't listen to anything you say. But the Lord's saying his body is ready. The time is right. And so. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, we're going to do this. And we've been helping Lord, you get full steam ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're getting, you know, we're, we're getting to address all kinds of fake reports, fake news everywhere. And there's fake eschatology. And so there, there are things that really, and I think what's so good about things the Lord has shown, shown me, they were closed for decades. And then they began, it began to open up to me um, more than 10 years ago. And not where there's not some mystery to it, but enough where I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's so obvious. And a lot of things I'm going to say, as you hear me, you go, yeah, that's obvious. Mm -hmm. And so, but for some reason, the obvious has been hidden. Mm -hmm. And so it's allowed for, uh, you know, excess doom and gloom and all kinds of other things for lack of lack of understanding. So it's going to be good. Well, I want to kind of start off with a question because I know we had a bunch of viewers write in and we're just going to start with one. We can't get to them all, guys, because there's so many and there's a lot of detail in every single answer when it regards to the book of Revelation. There's so there's so much to it. But um, I'm going to start with Deborah's question. So she writes in and says, since John the Revelator had already been with Jesus at his death, burial and resurrection and saw him several times after he had been raised. Did he not already know who Jesus was and what he had come to restore to the earth and his children? Does John's weeping part about the seals indicate that he hadn't received full understanding of what Christ accomplished? Well, in short, yes, he was not fully in on what Christ had accomplished. And we're, that's going to be we're, we're going to hit upon that scripture, Revelation 5, 5, in just a, a few moments, and it'll be. Um, there'll be a whole nother zinger revelation that comes there. But it's it's quite obvious to me through the writings of, you can go Peter, Paul, um, all of the apostles that were involved in speaking in the books of the Bible there or writing it, that they, it was, um, we'll say closed, the revelation, the full revelation was closed. There was a lot 
more focused on what was coming in 70 AD because it was going to be huge. It was going to be, you know, the end times we keep thinking are happening now. They were basically there. And Mm -hmm. so that was a a big deal. That's why Paul would say stuff like, you know, because of the days that are coming, I'd say stay single like I am. And, And so you either have to assume one of two things that either Paul thought the end time, the final end times of with judgment was mm-hmm. uh, erroneously then, or he, you know, cause he was speaking of himself and those then. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't, that wasn't a message to us. You're not supposed to be reading it 2000 years later and say, Oh, we should stay single because of the days when, no, that was addressing that generation, that people. And so um, it's clear that there was a lot of this closed to the apostles and they knew there was something big they had obtained. And I actually believe the Lord has shown me they're learning even now. They still haven't been shown everything. John um, did get a lot of this revealed. And even in what he's explaining, there is kind of the next level of understanding that we're, we're able to get to. There's, there's a third day opening of mm-hmm. Book of Revelation is taking place right now where things that have uh, confused us and and separated us and all kinds of things mm-hmm. are, are beginning to be revealed early, early stages. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's going to be exciting to cover. Yeah. And uh, even Paul says, you know, uh, or Peter says about Paul, when Peter writes about Paul, he said, the Lord Jesus Christ has downloaded to him things or given him a message, things that he writes above us. We don't even understand. So you see even right there that exactly what you're saying. Well, he was he was sharing how, yeah, Paul shares sort of his dark sayings. It's hard to say what he's doing. And then you read Second Peter three and and not only it, we could say either Peter didn't know exactly what he was addressing, but it's really the translators had no idea. Um, but when you start with a framework that the the 70 A.D. Uh, judgments that were coming are saved for the latter days, then you have to fit them in. So translators try to do that. At some point, we're going to do a whole program on Second Peter 3 and how this faulty understanding and thought um, that that comes out of there, that the whole earth is going to be burned up, which doesn't go with all the rest of Scripture, which talks over and over and over and over. The righteous inherit the earth, the meek inherit the earth, the earth is forever and all these kind of things. And so and that the new Jerusalem ultimately comes down to earth. It makes no sense with anything else. And so there's like the mistranslation of one little word. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a part in Second Peter 3 that talks about that we're being reserved for judgment. And the actual thing written was reserved from judgment. You can imagine the difference is literally the difference wow. of one letter for and from being reserved from judgment. It said the earth wow. is reserved from judgment and it was written. It were reserved for judgment. And for a refining, uh, for, for the burning up fire, I already got into Second Peter three, but we're not we're not going to do that. But there is a lot of correcting of faulty eschatology that, and it, and really, it, it's not for the purposes of just being right on eschatology. I, I really am trying to address only matters that change the way we behave today, how we wake up tomorrow, and how we face what's in front of us. And so that's why it's important what we're doing right now. The Lord was speaking to me even this thing of resolve. Kingdom resolve, you know, that's why when it speaks of the the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence take it, violent take it by force. Mm-hmm. We are so a double mind, a double minded man is unstable all his ways, the scripture says. And so a lot of the reason mm-hmm. 
we don't see victories. Even when we're doing the right thing, it's, we're tentative. We're tentative. I'm not sure we can really do this. But uh-huh. once we get sold on what is our authority and where the devil is illegal, and it's amazing how it changes you. That, that becomes the moment you are like a David and you look at the giant and you, after he's threatened you, you say, I am going to behead you. I'm going to feed you to the birds. And then when I'm done with you, I'm coming after your army behind you. And it's like, what? And he wasn't kidding. And he did just that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, that was resolved. That was resolved because he knew yeah. the narrative. He knew the script. You couldn't lie to him. Goliath couldn't say, listen, you obviously can't take me on. So we just need to make some kind of deal. Or you need to hope for Jesus to return now. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, you uncircumcised Philistine, you have no covenant with God. You do not know the narrative. You don't know, you don't, don't know the storyline. And literally that's in one way you could say, that's what gave David the victory is he was completely sure of the legal matters there. And he knew that Goliath was illegal in what he was doing, that he had defied the armies of the living God. And he was going to represent the armies of the living God. And he could defeat Goliath and his army by himself if necessary. And so yeah. that took, that was, uh, you know, that, that's some, that kind, some kind of solidifying of Christ in us, the hope of glory. So anyway, well, so Kelsey, what I want to do, first of all, and so I'm hoping people are watching these back to back, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to make every program stand on its own. So. Uh, and I'm trying not to repeat more than like five minutes from a previous time for those who would think, oh, he's just going to repeat. We're not going to repeat. But there are certain aspects we do have to to keep the connectivity. And so that there is um, an idea moving forward. But I'm going to put up there and they I know um, the team there has a chart we're going to put up that begins to describe what we've been reading out of Revelation four and Revelation five, what John saw. and so. What we're going to recommend to you at some point, we may have a link um, in the comment section where you can access this. And if not, I recommend, you know, pull out your camera, take a picture of it. And so you can I don't mind you having it. And this is just some uh, we're not going to go in detail on on all this. A lot of this stuff is covered in our book that I recommend the most um, that we don't have any more paper uh, copies right now. I'll just show you. It's our book, Rise, and it says, A Reformer's Handbook to the Seven Mountains. And this book really, it does, it's not that it goes into all of Revelation, but all of Revelation that we've been telling you then uh, is the foundation for everything that's shown there. And we actually have Uh, a more thorough chart there that actually goes into the principality and other things like that. We have a seven hour and seven minute video series and there's like an hour on each one of the mountains. And it goes into from the revelation standpoint, what is it? Who's operating illegally there? How do we come and take them and take them out? So back to, if we can get that chart back up there. So I'm going to use that as a, as a point of reference here. And And we do have that chart, guys, just so you know, there is a link in the description to that chart. If you want to click on it, you can print it out. So to remind you, this is what John saw when he went before the throne. And he said, I saw around the throne a rainbow and it's a full rainbow. And you connect it even with Isaiah six, where uh, Isaiah talked about seeing the throne room. And there's the train of God 
uh, you know, the hem of his garment thing. He did not describe it filled the whole temple. Well, this um, uh, there is something that comes from the father that swirls around the whole throne and is in seven colors. And so for I didn't make these particular notes for for this. And so it's it was for a different um, process, but it still works for everything we're doing it was the best chart of of ones that say it's simple enough for, for us to use it here. So we call areas of culture at the top, the first line across, that could be the seven mountains. So the reminder for you, media, family, arts, entertainment, economy, religion, education, and government. And so, you know, we make this connection between the seven mountains, the seven spirits of God, the seven colors of the rainbow. And we've been emphasizing the sevens in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. So there's a color associated with each one of the mountains. Again, we don't have time to... Um, uh, there's literally, we have almost the equivalent, like a whole program, a whole show for each one where media talks about red, why it's red, what that means. And there's a whole wisdom um, and just amazing uh, revelation that's there. So, uh, but I'll just tell you, there's colors associated with each one of the mountains and prophetically the way it works for me is I often look at a person and, and um, that's the Lord will show me a color or colors that tell me, what a primary area of anointing or call that they have. And so I'll know somebody's in media. <laughs> I'll awesome. know, yeah. I'll know somebody's in media because uh, I see red on them or, you know, not literally physically, but I'll see in the spirit over them. Mm -hmm. And um, even when I'm prophesying over people, that's often the starting point will be the color I see and it'll be highlighted, which is dominant and which is one he's working on now. And I have to ask him questions because for instance, orange, Mountain of family, and I'll have to say, okay, is that, are you telling me that's their assignment in that area? Are you telling me this is what you're working on something in their family? So it begins, it's a starting point. But for all of you who pray for people prophetically, if you learn some of those colors and how they move together, it's amazing. You'll see how it will explode your uh, prophetic capability when you're prophesying over people as well. So red goes with media, orange with family, yellow with arts and entertainment, green with economy, blue with religion, indigo with education and violet with government. For most of those colors, you can see it's almost um, common sense. So even red with media, breaking news, red headlines. You know, you have a stop sign, a yield sign, it's red. And so anytime there is a, a special announcement, it comes in red. Um, orange is not the most, that's probably the hardest one to know unless you understand the color um, um, orange. And so I won't go into explaining it much because it's kind of de deductive reasoning after you get the other ones in their slot. Yellow, clearly the spotlighting color, uh, color of shining for arts entertainment. Green is growth, you know, green light, uh, called greenbacks. Um, so for money. And so there's, it, it's explainable religion, color blue, it's a color associate with the Holy Spirit. And if you look high in the sky during the day, it's blue. If you look into the depths of the sea, it's blue. So it's deep things. It's revelation as well. Indigo is, uh, of course, these colors that you see on our chart are, you know, a little modernized, not, not directly. Uh, this was our team thought this cool. I always liked the original colors just the way they are better. But it's, <laughs> so deep blue goes into the education, which is really in, more into wisdom and all that. And then government, violet, it's common, commonly associated violet or purple with the royalty color. So you see that we're called to be the rainbow army of God. That's why the enemy would try to steal the rainbow, that according to uh, your gifting, 
Like if you wake up always thinking entrepreneurial uh, ideas and how you can Mm -hmm. start new things, that just means you're probably wired yellow. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Your your primary wiring, this is all in his image. These are seven aspects of who he is. They connect to the seven spirits of God. And so this just tells you that you're from him. Um, And so if you're, you know, one that wakes up with tunes, you know, you got you got to be strumming guitar, playing some music. Um, But it goes into all kinds of things. having to do with mountain of arts and entertainment, all kinds of creative things uh, that your primary that I don't, did I say your primary color would be oh, I don't yellow. Know. Yellow is for arts and entertainment. What was the first one I said? Cause that's not yellow. Um, the, um, I, green, green is for economy. Okay. Yeah. I think I said that correctly. You talk about on, entrepreneurs. Yeah. Entrepreneurs green. Okay. The creatives you're yellow. We'll just to shorten the discussion. Um, Family, you have to understand this goes to all areas of counseling, all areas of medicine, medical, health, anything to do with healing, that's orange. And then uh, media. Okay, because I know people were wondering where was like the the medical, which mountain would it be under? So you just answered a question for that one. And there's a whole easy understanding. You just go to Malachi chapter four. It talks about the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. We'll go forth like stall fed calves. And he'll send the spirit of Elijah. You'll turn the hearts to the fathers, to the children, the children to the fathers, lest I strike the earth with a curse. And that word there, curse, is really illness, disease. 90% of all illnesses are psychosomatic in origin, and they have to do with the relational breaking uh, breaking down, breaking up. That's not even really uh, revelation um, right now. It's just kind of known for, for many years that relational disorders create other disorders. And so anytime you're working to heal people, you're working with God, the mountain of, of family. And so blue with religion, indigo with education, violet with government. Really, I, I can't, don't have time. I can't take um, this much time as I am on each one of the colors. So the seven areas of society are designed ultimately to reflect seven aspects of who God is. That's the third column there. God is communicator in media. God is papa in family. God is creator in arts entertainment. God is provider in economy. God as redeemer, that's the one we've been familiar with, basically, in religion. God as teacher in education. God as king in government. So you see, he is the full spectrum, seven colored God. And these are all seven aspects that we will fully know and experience in heaven. So we're not going to walk around in heaven and, you know, greeting each other and just say, man, isn't it awesome? Jesus saves. Isn't it awesome? He died on the cross. We'll say that from time to time, but we're not just going to celebrate Jesus saves. We're going to celebrate like, oh, my goodness, there's, there is a communication system in heaven. We don't have time to go into it now, but no bad news is allowed. Only good news. And they, and they only tell how many people get saved every day, and they don't tell who goes to hell. That's, there is a, an addiction to good news. If there be, it tells you that in Philippians 4, that Paul was telling, if there be anything good, anything noble, anything, and he tells about seven different things of um, good attributes, think on those things. Well, it's that he's describing the culture of the communication culture of heaven. And it's expressed, again, we have a whole teaching on it, how that operates. So when you understand who he is, you begin to get an idea of your assignment on that mountain. Um, and so that's why we want to study him, uh, study him first. 
God as Papa in family. There is a whole family of heaven and, and he, everything is, uh, there's full acceptance from Papa. Nobody experiences or knows anything about rejection in heaven. God is creator. Uh, so we're going to celebrate him as Papa. We're going to celebrate his communication systems and that good news and testimonies dominate everywhere. There'll be special testimonials. People coming from earth will tell testimonies of what's going on. People in heaven will gather around to hear that. And, and then creator, you're going to see his creativity. You're going to, you're jaw dropping creativity everywhere. And so you're going to know that he's, he is the most amazing creator everywhere. Economy, you know, he does everything. You're going to have the most incredible mansions up there and he's going to have provided them, you know, not through work, not through immigrants coming in, uh, not even forced labor of demons to come in. He just speaks them. And so that same ability to provide through speaking is something, once we understand how heaven operates, it's on earth as it is in heaven. That's why there is a whole teaching and story. The revelation here is astronomical, actually. And then God is redeemer. Yes, we're going to appreciate it more than ever because, uh, you know, for those who are worried about heaven being bored, boring, it's like you're just going to go there while we're all just going to sing in choirs and 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 just, you know, sing. That doesn't sound fun or exciting. Well, it does, it's not. Um, of course, we have no concept of it because we don't know what his presence feels like anyway. But that's just one aspect of who he is. It's, it's the key one for us because uh, that's what made all the rest of them possible. Um, you know, the blood that was shed is what allowed for us to be be those who have access to seeing him in this full dimension. And then teacher, God as teacher, uh, educator, revel, uh, revelator in heaven that continues. Our education never stops. If you wonder why the 24 elders, it tells you about them from time to time. It says they cast their throne. We were reading that out of Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, and they go, holy, holy, holy. And, and they're blown away, and, they, and, they're, and they're moved to throw their crowns down. It's not because Michael's in the back, you know, or speaking through their ear thing and say, now, boys, or there's a whip. No, there's not. They have just been shown another measure of revelation, of glory, of, of God's plan in earth, in heaven. There is something new he has just told them that has blown their mind. He loves doing that. So nobody really knows the whole plan. That's why I said even the son, he's not telling the final stages of when he's doing his final picking up of his bride and, and, and uh, releasing the marriage supper of the lamb. Because he wants people in suspense. He wants them shocked, surprised in a good way. And that still keeps applying there. So that's the atmosphere. There's atmosphere, continual learning. And then God is king. Uh, he's fully, you know, uh, he's fully king. He's fully in charge. Heaven is not a free for all. Um, it's it, it just that you forget for a thousand years at a time that um his way of maintaining order is so different than what happens here on earth. And there are truths to extract from that for us. Okay. So we've been addressing the revelation five twelve when after Jesus took the scroll from the father's hand that he'd been holding for thousands of years, this scroll that said, we've lost authority in the garden. Um, and he took it. And so there's an explosion in, in heaven, the angels, billions and zillions of angels, began to say out loud, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive blessing and strength and glory and riches and honor and wisdom and power, depending what version you have is, is what order that is. And then you seek, see, I received that as revelation like three o'clock in the morning. 
uh, one day where the Lord said, do you understand that there's seven of those? And they go with the seven areas, seven mountains of society. Blessing, if you, especially if you know the word blessing, is the word eulogia, which means good news. So he, that's, you know, that's why it's called the gospel. Gospel means mm-hmm. good news. They overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, good news. Tsunami of good news is what he wins, wins with. And so blessing as it relates to the mountain of media, the mountain and the second one, family, strength um, is what is released. Worthy is the lamb to receive blessing and strength is the mountain of family. And there's a whole uh, understanding of even when you look into um, uh, that in the, in the original Greek word, which we don't have time to go do now. That's in our other instruction, our books, things like that. Um, it's amazing. Glory is that, that even makes sense for the mountain of arts and entertainment. Ultimately, where that's supposed to be uh, exalted and expressed before the people of the earth is his greater creativity, his better sense of humor, his greater creativity, his uh, uh, aha product that outdoes anything else that the enemy can put. When the sons and daughters of the king finally get this, we will absolutely dominate that mountain um, because the light that we have from our true creator, uh, you know, Satan's distortive. He has zero creativity. He can only distort. He finds what God's doing and he distorts it and contorts it. And so it just that product will always be inferior. And so riches relates to the mountain of economy. Obviously, where these lamb to receive riches, honor, religion. There is no greater uh, truth for this mountain of where we understand where the church operates salvation. Why should we be saved? Why should we um, repent of our sins and turn to him? Because it's the only he's our redeemer. And it's the honor. It's just the only thing honorable enough that we can do as it relates there. Again, there's more explanation we have somewhere else. So we'll just move on to wisdom for education. And so that's that's a clear connection. And then power for government. Worthy is the lamb to receive these seven attributes. And so he's the one that assists us through his seven spirits in securing this. And this is our present assignment. And this is something we've barely started the third day. We're in the third day as Hosea 6, 2. After two days, he'll raise them. You know, we'll be kind of have a pulse for two days. And on the third day, he will raise us up to actually enter into fulfilling these things. That's why it's important why the Lord is putting upon me to, we'll say, confront weak mediocre eschatologies, uh, eschatologies that are way beyond, below the majesty of who our God is and the storyline he's created. This is, um, uh, if you want to put it, the most controversial part is where I list the archangel. Mm-hmm. And I have things on all those um, somewhere else. It's amazing because in my other books, I actually put in my first time I put out there, I put who the principality is and nobody had any trouble with that. So Apollyon is the principality in media. Baal is a principality and family. Uh, Jezebel, the principality in arts and, and entertainment. Mammon in the principality of economy. Uh, religious spirit and um, religion. Beelzebub in the, the mountain of education. And then Lucifer himself, the mountain of government. So those yeah. are the principalities and nobody had any trouble. As soon as I named our side, um, we, had some people, <laughs> we don't worship angels. I go, who's talking about worshiping angels? We're just recognizing the enemy only copies the standard that he sees from the good guys. So mm-hmm. the only reason he he even assigns, uh, 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 you know, his principalities is to be the counter to God's side. So if you were worried, so when my first book, I only told the principalities, and that was an mm-hmm. error that you need to look at who I am first. 
And so that's where this teaching came out. If you were worried that if you're on the mountain of media, you're actually going up against Apollyon, just remember, Gabriel is the leader on that side. And so just to go through them briefly, if you look at the archangels, what's amazing about them, they all end in L, which refers to him, because their assignment is to restore the image of God in all the earth. That's where we restore seven at the bottom of the name of our ministry, because that's the assignment we're involved in. What does Gabriel mean? Messenger of God. And so, of course, it's his messenger. He's the one that gets sent all good news. He he is the one that has the privilege of giving the best news ever. It's why he's the one that gets to go to Mary and tell her. He gets to tell the shepherds. He gets to tell Mm -hmm. Elizabeth and John because he is the chief messenger of good news. And that's the biggest privilege you have in heaven is telling testimonies and telling good news. So you can imagine on earth as it is uh, in heaven. Raphael means he heals. So his messenger, he heals family. Raphael is the one who works. And so that's why you're a healer, whether you're in medicine, counseling, uh, all those kind of the, the field of family, that's what your assignment. Jehudio, if you, uh, uh, that means his is the glory. The glory is the Lord. If you remember King Jehu is the one that easily took out Jezebel. Mm. And so Jehu is named after this archangel. And um, Zerachiel means provided for by God. See, um, Michael means who is like God. Raziel means secrets of God. So that's education. Uriel, flames of God. So wow. these these are the mighty. These are see. You start. We have to start talking about our side because you study the enemy too much, and then you feel smaller and smaller and weaker and weaker. And then you're like the ten spies, like we were like grasshoppers. If we did this whole study on Baal and Napoleon and Jezebel, you're like, oh, my God, I just hope he raptures us soon. But we start telling you that these guys are working with the seven spirits and each one of them have more than 10 billion powerful angels under them on this assignment. You're like, come on, let's do this. And so that yeah. there is assignment on earth as it is in heaven. And so you've heard of some of those and you haven't heard. You've heard of Gabriel and Michael. Um, right. And so just so you understand, those seven um, um, archangels are mentioned in a book of Enoch. And mm-hmm. so Enoch's one of these strange books that is not listed as one of the 66 canon books of the Bible, but it is vouched for in the book of Jude. It's, they quote the book of Enoch. And yes. so it's understood that it, it did get some... Um, you know, there was some mixture that was added to it and they didn't know when it was. And so it was, it was set aside. That's a conversation for another time. So here's the deal. Right. This is a battle of knowledge. See, Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. See, not just that he saves. And when, you, when you're talking about the things I'm talking to you here, you're hearing about the glory of God. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And so it's a battle of truth versus lie. We're seeing it played out really clear before us now. And there is a simple, a, a simple lie that is the primary objective from Satan's end of what he's trying to do, how he's trying to discredit God, how he's trying to mar the image of God. And we explain it more in our books. But again, we had to do something where it's just a pondering point. The big lie about God in the mountain of media, God doesn't have a good plan for us. And that's mm. that becomes your conclusion after hearing bad news after bad news. Satan knows if you just keep hearing bad news um, at some point, you're like, there's not a good plan. 
And then even if you still hold on theologically, theoretically to God, but God is, you know, but God is good. But then you're like, I don't, you start doubting his actual power to pull it off. Can he really pull off his story storyline? So the enemy is being successful when he can bombard you with bad news, lying news, fake news, violence, blood, mm-hmm. gossip. So family, what's the big lie about God? We have been abandoned and rejected by God. If you want to know the, mm-hmm. the original cause, the foundational cause of uh, of most relational breakdowns and even of all gender confusion and things that happen is an original uh, assault of rejection that a person falls in agreement with. We have teaching on that. Arts and entertainment, God doesn't want us to have fun. That's the central lie. Can you imagine that? And um, that that's what the world needs to know is that our God not only knows how to have fun, he is fun. He's the funniest guy, the most joy. It, none of it's crude. It's all um, wonderful. But the lie, you know, kind of has a lie behind the line lie. God doesn't want us to have fun because he's so concerned with our sins. He couldn't possibly be lighthearted enough to, you know, think in those kind of ways. And so that's a distortion, distortion Mm -hmm. of the image of God. Economy. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. (laughs) Well, you just said it's good. That was a good interjection. So just think of what Kelsey just said. In his presence is a little wry humor. No, fullness of joy. Now, we don't even know what that is. You know, right. at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. That one description, something David knew about, that one ought to tell you, because some of you are like, where is that in the Bible? Believe me, every point we're making there is biblical. The archangels' names are not completely established biblically, but there is a connection through Enoch. And so you can throw that one out if you want. You have to acknowledge that we have to have some archangel that runs every mountain one way or the other. It's just the order of heaven's, we'll say, military, hosts of heaven. And so economy, the big lie, it's pointless to trust God for our riches or provision. That's what he's working on. And Mm -hmm. and that it just doesn't get anywhere. And so religion, what's the lie? In religion, we have to work hard and be good in order to know God. It's in order to know God, there's a part two, in order to be saved. You have to earn it some way. So that's the big lie. That's what a religious spirit advances. Education, the big lie, true wisdom is self-dependence. Um, and what you find out that true wisdom is absolute dependence. And so um, there is no higher wisdom than being totally dependent on God. Yes. And yet the lie keeps pulling us, trying to make us, I, I need to feel like I did it. I made it. Uh, well, you know, without him, we can do some things. Nope. Without him, we can do nothing. So when we get that, we, again, there's a biblical basis for everything we're doing. And then government, what's the lie? God doesn't care about us. And how does that come out through the systems of the government? Well, you're in a line for everything. You get the person that waits on you. Next, what do you want? You know, they have no interest in you. You're a number. Next, what's your number? Um, and so out of all that, that's just, I'm giving a snapshot of it. So this, everything we're talking about is high revelation, but I'm, I'm bringing it down. And so we work with people in the seven mountains and we advance this and, 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 um, that's what's in our rise reformers influencing society every day that we want people to connect to as a follow-up to understanding this amazing revelation of what he did. Cause this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, what he did, what he's made provision for. 
So he's made provision for every work of the enemy on planet Earth right now. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. He made us kings and priests. And then he has also um, gone beyond that. And he, he really has a whole... You know, the heavy lifting is they, they've got it with the archangels, the angels, but they're going to work with us. They want to see courageous people, people who will stand like David to something huge and say, you're nothing. And so let the weak say, I am strong, not because you're strong, but people behind you who's helping you is strong. So you don't really need all your muscle. You just need believe hard, not work hard. So the assurance, this is the final thing. And I've taken too long on this chart already, but. Uh, is so good, it's hard hard to leave it. When we have operated as sons and daughters of the king, when we have functioned in our role as kings and priests in all the mountains, where we are, he says, you're the head. That wasn't our idea. His mm-hmm. idea, you will be the head, not the tail. Think of lights, where they go. They go into the top. You know, you don't have lights under a chair, don't help a room. So any room, wherever it is, you want the lights at a top place. And if you consider these seven colors, seven lights, because uh, you are the light of the world, he told us. This is uh, yes. this is true. And so what will be prophesied to society is when media operates the way it's supposed to. And this Actually, this is how heaven functions. We'll just shorten the conversation. You walk around heaven and you have, with his communication um, standard, his family standard, arts, entertainment standard, et cetera, et cetera, everything prophesies to you. You have a destiny. You are yeah. accepted. You are enjoyed. You are provided for. You have eternal security. You are important. You are royalty. That's how heaven operates. You will you will not just be told, well, you made it. You know, he paid the price, and so you made it. You are going to have everything that is heavenly begin to speak to you and prophesy. And that is what's the end here on earth. When it says, Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. This kind of impact is what we're talking about. Perhaps mm-hmm. some of you are beginning to see why Jesus is not about to return. We are just beginning to embrace that this is our assignment. We are just beginning to understand that this is not, we truly have not been heroic. Um, there are some heroes of faith that have lived, but we as the church have not been heroic. We have carried a weak narrative, mediocre narrative, and a mediocre perspective of him, which causes a, a mediocre narrative. And the Linus blanket that I'm talking about, that the body of Christ is having a hard time letting go, is mm-hmm. the Linus blanket that says, no, he's just going to come and zap us into this beautiful stuff. And we don't have to do anything on earth, which would defeat the whole purpose of even bringing heaven to earth. So anyway. Yeah, you know, I had Bobby on with me earlier, Johnny, and he was talking about how we need to be bold and courageous and, you know, all he, he was sharing some about what we're talking about right now. So I like that you're sharing the same the same thing he was sharing with me earlier. Yeah. Today. So here's the here's the deal. You know, we want to understand uh, um, the rainbow is one, three and seven. And this is well, just another nugget of, of revelation. So what do you mean? One, three and seven? Well, mm-hmm. it's white light. We understand the colors. That's why there. it's only it's, you know, the same space there that's always visible. It's just white light. But when you have rain and sun interact in just the right way, and uh, there's a prismic effect. And so the seven colors show up and you see the 
red, or, you know, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, uh, green, blue, indigo, violet. And so, um, and it's understood that since white light refract, reflect, refracted in seven colors, of which three are primary colors, and the three primary colors of fire, blue, yellow, and red. And our God is a consuming fire. So our God is also one, three, and seven. He's one, but he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Trinity, and the seven spirits of God. And so he is one, three, and seven. The rainbow is speaking of him. And so this is why he doesn't need to just destroy humanity, even though our tendency is always to fall uh, into sin and being less than what we're supposed to, because his rule and reign, who he is, as his sons and daughters begin to incorporate that more into their understanding and living, then it allows for a victory on earth as it was drawn up from, from the very beginning. So I need to hurry on here. Um, so we want to remember uh, Revelation 5.2. It's like, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And we gave you this picture. This is a very bad scroll, but this is a scroll that the father is holding for thousands of years. And it's like, who is able, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals is what a very large, mighty, powerful angel is saying very loudly right around the throne. And it's Jesus at the cross after what he did at the cross that he takes it and is like, I've satisfied the requirement there. And so I explained to you that the assignment was who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals. So open the scroll. Mm -hmm. You would think it's backwards. I was making that point again. It doesn't say who is worthy to loose its seals and open the scroll. It's who's open, who can open the scroll and then loose its seals. You had to do it in reverse of what you think. And it's because if you understand that word loose, it's a, a word really sounds like loose in the original Greek, actually, but it means to deprive of authority, to dissolve, to destroy. Um, may cover that later. So when it says who is worthy to go into the scroll and to dissolve the seals, mm. destroy the seals. Now we're getting some insight when we're going to get to the first seal. Why this does not mean this is our future on the planet, because what he came to do. He would not say, and he has made us, we'll say all of heaven would not begin to say, and he has made us kings and priests to our God. And then he begins this thing where it shows the enemy is the only one that's ruling and reigning. That it defies logic even. And so uh, that's important to understand. So for understanding it, Satan had gone inside the history scroll plan of God, the history scroll plan of God. He had deceived Adam and Eve, and he had obtained Legal rights over the seven kingdoms, the seven mountains. We're just saying something mm -hmm. fat. Uh, the father now needed to go inside the scroll. He needed someone to go inside the scroll and undo the damage. Something heavenly and divine needed to penetrate into humanity because John already said he saw all the way in the future and no human could do this. And so, and it was like he couldn't see even in heaven. So it was like, oh, we're out of luck. But there is this divine marriage of divine and humanity that was able to go and penetrate into the scroll and undo what looked like an eternal loss of authority to go inside the scroll of history and undo the legal destruction. The only way, as I'm saying, was if someone divine and perfect, God made flesh. And so he pulled off the risky venture. What's the risky venture of becoming flesh, 
living to the age of 30 without being killed, because that's what he had to do. So the devil knows what he's about in some way, and he's trying to kill him. He's trying to kill the two-year-old boys, everybody younger than that, when he hears that this is where he's at. And, and, um, but he can't pull that off because he has to live to age 30, having fulfilled the entirety of the law perfectly, no sin in him. Then his blood now qualifies as Redeemer's blood, and he can now give it as a ransom for all and for the plan to be back on. See, this thing being knocked down, cast down, means plans back on, plans back back on. And so, uh, you know, then he had to get himself sacrificed and killed exactly on Passover. Um, so, you know, you can doubt the sovereignty of God, but like how he did that with Satan trying to do all he's doing uh, was uh, was was pretty was pretty impressive. All right. So everybody with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're following along. <laughs> uh, that's good. So now we want to go to um, back to John chapter five. And I want to show there's two matters we didn't cover on our last program before we move to this, uh, this, the first seal being opened. And so Revelation chapter five and verse five, we, we should read um, verse four. John says, so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. So he's like, oh, my goodness, we've lost authority forever. The plan's off. Satan's beating us. I don't understand how we're going to do this. And so mm-hmm. but one of the elders said to me, do not weep, John. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Now, this is where we want to point out something. You know, this is going to be. It's not explosive. It's fun. So, um, you know, there's theories on who 24 elders are. And mm-hmm. I told you, there's some say it's the church. And in a way, it is the church. Uh, 24 is a governmental number, but it's the church made up of the Old Testament and the New Testament because it's around the throne. So it's broken up into two twelves. We can see. And so I've, I shared last time just briefly. I'm just going to hit it again. Mm-hmm. Is that I believe the 12 to be the 12 tribes of Israel, the Old Testament um, church signified by the 12 tribes, Judah, Levi, Reuben, all those. Right. How do we know that that's still a big deal? Because you go to Revelation 7 when it talks about the 144,000. It's 12,000 in each one. And it names the seven. I mean, it names, it names the 12 names we're talking about. Right. And then you go to the New Testament, you have the 12 apostles, the 12 handpicked apostles by Jesus, by God himself. And, and we understand that that's what the church was built on. And even you know, 300 years later, when they're finalizing on what they decide are valid scriptures, what are what are what is legit? They had to do whatever had apostolic um, 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 credibility to it. We'll say it was yeah. an encounter. And, and then they had to decide that saw that Paul count um, and, and they differently. They said yes, because he had his encounter on the way to Damascus. And so he also knew Jesus. That's another uh, conversation piece. But um so there's two things that that happen. There's one of the arguments against this being the 12 disciple. I mean, yeah, the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles is it would mean that John is talking to himself because right. says, one of the elders came to me and that's impossible. But literally, I showed you that he's time traveling. So 
I believe 100%, this is the part that's fun and explosive, we'll find out. It's, you know, nothing, no big deal hangs on it, what we're trying to say. But when John says, an elder comes, says, John, don't cry anymore. It's actually himself telling him that because uh, it covers understanding of two things, that he was in time travel, but Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to talk to the dead, right? Mm -hmm. And so who would he be allowed to talk to? Himself. So the elder is talking to John because it, it, it covers the basis of even what's allowed because John's experience was not a dream. He actually was called up into right. heaven and he would be speaking that you'll hear about um, Kat Kerr and others. They'll talk about she doesn't get to talk to people. That's generally she gets mm-hmm. to overhear conversations and other things. But that would be uh, violating, we'll say, an ethic that takes place. But John's allowed to talk to an elder. An elder talks to him. Uh, John, uh, you know, and so anyway, that's that's an explanation. But we want to we want to read the rest of um, Revelation chapter five. And there is just an important key part that has to be uh, understood. So. um, One of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. So it's calling him the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed, mm-hmm. open the scroll and the lucid seven seals. Well, as soon as he's talking about that, it automatically is designed to connect us with Isaiah chapter 11. And, mm-hmm. and we're just going to do this um, fast, but, um, and, and it's telling us that Jesus is fulfilling the prophecies of what come out of the house of David. And this refers to Isaiah 11. Um, I did forget to tell you all that Isaiah 11 will have some scriptures we'll mention too, but that's fine. People, one thing they're common and you can, you can repeat, put it on pause and get my scripture. Um, there shall come forth the rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people for the Gentiles. The nations will seek him and his resting place will be glorious. And there's so much to go into on that. So that basically that's combining Isaiah 11 verse one and verse 10. And then, um, so this reference to the Messianic chapter of Isaiah identifies Jesus' mission in undoing the seal's authority. He's dissolving the seal's authority. Many see verse 2 as a description of the seven spirits of God. We could have a whole conversation on that because that's Isaiah 11, verse 2. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom yeah. and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So again, you have Revelation 4 and 5 talking about the seven spirits of God. They say it that way. And then Isaiah 11 has caused him uh, the seven spirits of God in their own different way. Mm-hmm. Next, prophet gives them the Messiah's missional statement in Isaiah. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. And that means on behalf of the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. It's letting you know again who gets the tribulation from everything moving forward. Another conversation. A few verses later, the result, 11.9. I told you about Habakkuk 2.14, but Isaiah 11.9. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is end game. This amazing God, his storyline, who he is, who he is in heaven, being reflected in front of all of society globally. That is the narrative. That's what we're invited to be a part of at this time. So this passage speaks, again, of a much more expansive work for the Messiah than just bringing a secure eternal status for those who believe in him. 
it's included in that. It's a wonderful thing, but it's, it's, you know, it is not the majestic narrative. It is the minimal narrative. The work on earth is not just about his salvation, but also about his dominion. Uh, He will have mercy on those who are his, his, he will judge the wicked. He will fill the earth with his knowledge. His instruction will be upon the earth as the waters cover the sea, which is absolute. Uh, Then he gets more specific about this mission. Verse 12, Isaiah 11. He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel. So he's for Israel, but he's for the nations. So this is a God we got to reconnect with. He has a storyline for the nations. Uh, So the line of the tribe of Judah, we want to see the scope here is interested in rescuing nations. He is not here only for personal salvation. He is the banner of hope even for nations to function properly. Uh, And then finally, the mission is fulfilled. And here's what it says. Verse 15, Isaiah 11. This is where we needed to go. The Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt. With his mighty wind, he will shake his fist over the river and strike it in the seven streams and make men cross over dry shod. So the devil, his name is. I have to break that one down for us. (laughs) We're going to hit that a little more. So the devil, his name means slander. Satan means accuser. It's all the mouth. He will be completely destroyed with the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit, and God will cut off the seven streams of lies that have been built up. So we want to notice the connection between the seven streams of lies mm-hmm. of the Sea of Egypt, the seven mountains, the assignment on the seven mountains. So what would the Sea of Egypt represent? Again, we're doing the fast, the fast version on this. The Sea of Egypt would represent bondage, control. Mm. So there is a lie that he's advent, advanced to control. We've seen it during the COVID. And, you know, we have to thank God so much. I thank him so much. One reason I couldn't speak to stuff before, there, there was not understanding uh, out there of how, um, how much the enemy was running things that he should not be running. And so he's been doing it. It's a lie. He, he advances mm-hmm. with lies. Remember the whole fake news censoring that took place? Yes. Global, 200 and something nations, all of them masking six feet, not seven feet apart, six feet apart, lying right. about both the virus, lying about the vaccine, the cure, uh, allegedly. And so the Holy Spirit, God, will cut off the seven streams of lies that have been built up. The root of David will come and undo the seven streams of the enemy that he perpetrated into the scroll of history. So by referring to David in Revelation 5, 4, Mm -hmm. the the elder also is reminding us of David's prophetic Psalm 2, because that's David who wrote there in Psalm 2. And about the coming Messiah and the full ramifications of his work, the root of David would not be coming just to offer individual salvation. His work would even allow whole nations to become his inheritance. And just to briefly remind you of that, that's Psalm 2, 7 and 8. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me. I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. So loosing the seals this is what we got to full circle here. Loosing the seals is about being able to take possession of the ends of the earth. Terms like ends of the earth and the nations indicate a greater possession and objective than just individuals. The messianic mission includes 
individuals and their souls. And souls clearly are the essential object of his affection, but he loves his entire creation. He loves the story that he's created. He loves, remember, he just even, before man ever showed up, he would make things day one, day two. And God did this at the end of day one. And God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. He saw things were good before he ever had humans there. So he likes his whole plan. And yes, these these are the object of his attention. They are in his image. But we've we've lost so much of the narrative by thinking it's the only thing he cares for. Like the earth is a disposable piece of garbage that's going to burn up because we don't understand scripture and some things. And so therefore, that doesn't matter. So um, let's see. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. So we want to understand, I'm going to shorten this part because I got to get to the key part here. Dominion had been lost in the garden, but it was not lost through brute force, right? Mm -hmm. They can't compete with our Lion King. Everybody has to know that. There is no competition. There is no power. Um... You know, this is not a. This is not like the movies where you have a a big good. You know, there's a powerful bad guy and a powerful good guy, and let's see who can win. Um, no, um, you know, we must remember how Lucifer even showed up on the scene. You know, mm-hmm. he he didn't come out of the hatchery of hell. He didn't self engender himself. Literally, one day, God said, "Let there be Lucifer, the lightened one." the one who's called to shine on God, the father. And, but that's how he was created. One day he said, let there be Lucifer. And there was Lucifer because he said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Lucifer is that far from extinction. Always mm-hmm. You're like, why didn't he do it? The father, all he has to do is say, let there not be Lucifer. And he's gone. Mm-hmm. And that, Lucifer understands it, and that's why he's only allowed to exert legal authority. Mm-hmm. So we have to give him right through our sin. What he did in the garden, he didn't arm wrestle Adam and Eve. You know, he didn't do a UFC move on them and pin them. I win. No, mm-hmm. one in a legal case, if you want to say, he got them to turn, disobey their God, and he deceived how by the tongue. Of the Sea of Egypt, the mm. tongue of the Sea of Egypt. He brought them into bondage that way, wow. and they lost that which was given them. The Godhead obviously knew this was going to happen, so they right. were going to go a long time. That's why I said he was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. He yes. knew that he gave Adam and Eve all things, all authority, all creative. If you want to say the full seven mountain rights, he gave to them. They lost it, and it. And in that, Satan became a victor. And then, you know, he talks in Matthew chapter four and Luke chapter four in the temptation of Christ, the 40 day. He says he shows them the kingdoms of this world and their glory. He said, these have been given to me. Yes. It was a legal battle. He had won. He had been given to him. There was That was a battle in the Garden of Eden. And so it was like, did he win? Yeah, he, but he, he didn't win against these. He, he's not. God's adversary. He's our adversary. Correct. Adversary, the devil. Um, God is too big. God is allowing this to play out. And ultimately, Satan's role becomes important for us becoming who we're supposed to be to earn the right to rule and reign with our God. That's uh, more we can talk about later. So we told you 
if you forgot, in John's vision, the lamb has it. That's um, Revelation 5, 6, and 7. Let me keep looking at the clock. Revelation 5, 6, and 7. The lamb has seven horns and seven eyes. I mentioned before, mm-hmm. seven horns. It means total power, maximum power. Seven's a number of God. But it's also, it's again, there are seven streams that have to be shut down. There is a lie for each one of the mountains. If you go back to our chart from the beginning, we tell you there is a lie being advanced on each of the mountains. That lie has to be shut down. And he has seven spirits and he has the horns, means he has the power to do it. And it's also, there is one horn for each seal that has to be broken. The lamb came and broke the seven seals. He didn't just do one. He didn't just see, we think he just did one. No, we got salvation, you know, I mean, the well, the planet's going to go to the hell and the devil and the Antichrist. And, you know, what are we? But we get to go up there. You know, he wasn't the one horned lamb. He was the seven horned lamb. And he had seven eyes. Uh, he didn't just come offering salvation. Those who believed that was one of the horns. There were seven seals to undo. As I've said, there are seven streams to shut down and allow human beings to walk in freedom and victory. Mm. That. We know we're at the precipice of this because it has been hidden for forever till now. Right now, our day, our time, rubber hits the road. It has never been revealed to the people as it has right now, just who the enemy is, how he operates. The Luciferian nature of the people that are in alignment with him has never been known before to this level. And we're still in wake up time. But that's yeah. why it's an exciting time, and it's an exciting time to begin to connect to his storyline. This is the proof of his storyline actually um, being activated as, as never be- before. And I remind you, Second Chronicles 69, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth um, to show himself strong on behalf of those who are loyal to him, loyal to his narrative, his storyline, who he actually is. And so, um, you know, the eyes of the Lord don't run around in heaven. They're not like, come on, come on up here, you guys. Come on, soul. Say yes to Jesus down there. No, their assignment is on earth, mm. on earth as it is in heaven. We're hitting that point uh, over and over. So, all right, this is wonderful stuff. We shall reign on the earth. Now I can finally get to um, our first seal. We have to we have to open up. So those pondering, you know, this isn't a fresh revelation. Most of you, a lot of you need to listen to this two or three times. And we're not going to, you know, we're getting questions and people want every mystery of the book of Revelation released to you. There has to be, <laughs> we're so used to receiving everything for free. Send us the notes, send us this. We want to, you know, give us the microchip. I don't know, it's not the right version word for it even. Give us the quick copy, you know, give us the microwave. No, you know, it tells us in Proverbs that it is the glory of the Lord to hide a matter, glory of kings and your kings to search mm-hmm. out a matter. So it's not, we don't want this too easy for you. You're like, we want the book. It's not going to get to you too quick yet. There are certain aspects we're still not ready for, um, but we're going to, we're going to go as far as the Lord says. And he might say, if, you know, if there's enough responding in a, a stewarding kind of way, um, you know, he doesn't like his, his, his pearls just cast before people are going to treat it like okay another bit of information burp um because we're like revelation sometimes and so this thing has to be taken seriously we want to dig into it we want to see the lord this is the revelation this is not my revelation this is the revelation of jesus christ um Mm -hmm. but i'm functioning as john the revelator right here for you in some way and so uh my name is john even though it's johnny and that kind of (laughs) thing Uh, so 
Now we want to get to, okay, hang on right here. And this is going to be short for the first one, but we had to lay the whole storyline so we understand. I, I gave you some, uh, you know, I made some statements. Some of you already responded in the comments like, what? The seals were not waiting for them to come? Well, if you just heard what I said, let me just read the first seal. Revelation 6, 1 and 2. Now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. So the good thing is there's not much to look at. Now, if you jumped ahead to the next horses, you'll find that there's uh, a pale horse, a black horse, and it's death. And, and releases power to kill one another, to take peace from the earth. The opposite mm-hmm. of Shalom, uh, what he brings. I have come not to bring, uh, you know, his disciples wanting to call fire from heaven. But Jesus said, I came to bring life, not to do that. So I have to tell you that because some people think of the seven seals as something God is opening up or the angels are doing. Well, you know, Jesus opened the, opened the seal. So this is from heaven. No, if you understand that that word Open. This is where, this is the part we're going to slow down. And make sure you get this part, because this is so fun and so good. So, when it says "opened," when the lamb opened one of the seals, mm-hmm. and he had to be worthy first, so he had to go in and do the whole thing he did at the cross and pay the price and be worthy. And so that's why heaven things. Oh, worthy is the lamb. You changed the whole dynamic. You changed everything. As I said, that word um, uh, it, it, it confirmed to us in Revelation um, uh, five that he was to open and loose the seals. So the word loose is a Greek word that means to break. I've said it already. To break, destroy, dissolve, melt. If you're thinking legally, it means to deprive of authority. So Mm. he comes, and if you just read that, and I saw the lamb opened one of the seals, that word opened is, if you want to put the word, he dissolved the seal. So he is back to the point I was making about Second Peter three, like the earth is reserved for fire or from fire. It's kind of uh-huh. that thing that takes place right here. He is letting us know what he just paid the price for. All authority in heaven and earth is mine. Go therefore. What does he want us to go there for? To go where this illegal principality has been operating in this kind of violence, and he wants us to stop them. Because we are kings and priests. See, there's an accountability for giving new authority when you don't take it. And so when he calls us, see, we weren't kings and priests in the Old Testament. That didn't happen because it says, and you have made us kings and priests by your blood. So it's Mm -hmm. by his blood, by what he did on the cross, we get two levels of authority that we didn't have before. You know, what's the opposite of kings and priests? It would be peasants and servants or serfs. And it's like something else. You know, that's why you go to a place. You don't have access yourself. We're not that. They were that. Old Testament. Honestly, they were. They weren't kings and priests. He had he had some with a, a call. And, and, you know, that was the vision vision before then. But the celebration in heaven, the new song. And they sang a new song. The essence of the new song is he has made us kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. We reign. We've got the authority back. But if he gives us back authority and we don't take it then the consequences are the consequences we've been reaping in society right now. That's Mm -hmm. why the enemy would sow even maybe most of his money and attention in going to the church 
and going to the church and sowing the idea that we escape now. There is no, we don't have to rise up. We don't have to rise and shine. We don't have to be the salt of the earth. We don't have to be the light of the world. Uh, So you get this thing attacked as some sort of kingdom dominionism or something. And all it is, is the actual words of Jesus. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt Mm -hmm. doesn't do what it's supposed to, it's going to get trampled. It's going to be cast out. And so we want you to know on every one of the seals, we're going to go through every one of the seals because it's instructive. The details are instructive for today. And you're going to see what we're going to tell you. Fortunately, there's only two or three details so we can cover it before this program um, is over. But um, let me get to my notes so I do a better and quicker and quicker job of this. Oh, my. Oh, my. This is good. Let's see. So. Back to what we just read. The, the lamb opened one of the seals. I heard one of the four living creatures. So I want you to understand for all the seals, all the ones we're going to answer a question. Some of you are asking because you're like, well, are you saying it's still ahead of us or not? No. He was showing us what the reality was in his day. Okay. This is so every seal, when he gets to it, the picture we see. And so we picture, we see a picture of a white horse and a crown Mm -hmm. and a bow and he's conquering and goes to conquer. That's Lucifer on the mountain of government. It's not what he was going to do. It's what he's been doing. It's what's been proven that's happening right now. And watch these details when you understand the word in the original Greek. So when it says in verse two, and I looked and behold, a white horse. So that word for white is a word, leukos, L-E-U-K-O-S. And Mm -hmm. it means light, white. It can be, it's white, but it's light. It's about light. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's used in other places. It's literally that. So what's. Lucifer, remember in my chart there, Lucifer is the principality. What does Mm -hmm. Lucifer mean? The enlightened one, the light carrying one. Mm -hmm. Has everything to do with, uh, um, yeah, you see it right. um, Mountain of government. Where is the mountain of government? Oh, we don't have the principalities listed on this chart. Never mind. Okay, okay, okay. That's why I'm like, wait, 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 where's he on this chart? I don't have the principalities on it. But he's the principality. If you go to my other. Yeah, you told us, though, he was. I told, told you that. So and what do we call the ruling system there of corruption, the pedophilia, uh, globe, uh, globalist, uh, cabal? There's like all kinds of names. Illuminati. Mm-hmm. What's that? Mm-hmm. Light. So everything is about light. What does it say in Second Corinthians eleven fourteen? For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So. Right. Uh, um um, so, and then what's the horse represent? The horse always represents power. Like, you know, when the songs in, when Miriam was playing a tambourine and singing, I will sing in the Lord. He has triumphed gloriously. The horse in his chariot, he cast in the sea. That's like saying, you know, the tanks and the whatever else. Cause that was, it's the horse. The horse is the power um, um, that's there. And so the, you know, it's a, a Greek word hippos, but so horsepower, authority. So it's saying that Lucifer, was the one on a white horse. He's on this light horse. He carrying white power, light power, and he's advancing. And what is he doing? He has a bow and a mm-hmm. crown was given to him. So mm-hmm. here's what's so interesting. There's a way to say, okay, he's got a bow. And so he's shooting arrows. But you know, the word used here, the Greek word 
for bow is toxon, T-O-X-O-N. It's actually where we get our word toxin, toxics. And so he carries a, a bow, and you have to know this. It's the only place in the Bible this word is used. Wow. This is a major revelation. And and so, in, and you have to understand the Greek culture, what was going on in them writing this, because the Greeks had... They had these bow and arrow, unique bow and arrows, and they were called, uh, and they had toxicon. Literally, that was their language. Remember, this is toxon. Toxicon was a poison in which the arrows are dipped. So they would dip their arrows in poison and then uh, uh, shoot them. And they were a different type of uh, bow than we'll say like what David David would use as well. And um, And so one of that word, uh, toxon, besides meaning, it can mean bow, arrow, needle. Needle? Okay. Needle. Oh, wow. With poison. Think vaccines with poison, syringes. So it tells us Lucifer has a grandiose plan to destroy, to kill, steal, and destroy on the mountain of family. And he's using this stuff dipped, needles dipped in poison. Oh my goodness. And wow. okay, let that soak in for everybody. That's why I say I know, this that's like... is for now. This literally Crazy. is the central aspect of the depopulation agenda. They want eight, they want seven of the almost eight million people on planet Earth dead now. It's what they're trying to do. And it's what the Lord is stopping. And by they, I'm going back to this globalist, Luciferian, pedophilic cabal, World Economic Forum leaders and people. Uh, and we could show you more more stuff on that. Um, you know, there's an enlightened voice from the World Economic Forum just recently saying, you know, the earth can handle one billion people. And and so we're, we're going to have to face that. But hopefully we can do so peacefully and get there um, um, and, and, and not there be, you know, some aren't going to like this process. This is literally what they're talking about. World economic forum. Guess what that is? Lucifer's original plan. And they're telling us about it in the book of revelation, the Illuminati, the enlightened ones, they have power and they walk around with a bow and he's trying to conquer what Mm -hmm. we're being subjected to where, you know, you got to shut down your church. You got to shut down your business. You got to shut down all all these things. You got to mask yourself and you can't do right. this and you can't do that. So I'm telling you the revelation here. And so are we saying this has to happen? In the future? No, this because it, it also means boat and, and it also means fiery darts. Be You know, it says put on the whole armor of God. The enemy um, put the shield of the spirit because of the fiery darts. You know, that word for darts is also a word for needle. They could have put needle. They could have put wow. poisonous needle and they put fiery darts. Wow. Yeah. The, the, the shield of faith, the shield of faith to start, but we take it up. He doesn't say I rescue from you. I give you the shield. That's how I rescue. So right. you understand the first seal is he paid the price and he's letting us know he dissolved his authority. Everything he does there is illegal. And then he says, I have made you kings and priests. So mm-hmm. with decrees, with declarations, we said there's you know four different things. You want to pray, you want to decree, you want to think in agreement with this particular script, and you want to act. And this is what we've lacked the confidence. We've been double-minded because we're holding on to this Linus blanket old 
distorted eschatology that has us just giving everything away and not understanding he has made us powerful and mighty. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we got one more thing here to address. So conquering, it says he goes around conquering. That it's a Greek word, nikao, means to subdue, to control. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, last thing, let me read it again. And I look and behold, a white horse, he who sat on had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering the conquerors. That's what people all oh, crown. That must be the Lord. No crown was because, and if you look at it, it, it is the, um, the garland that a winner, there was a winner from, there was an event and there was a winner. Where was that? There was a garden of Eden. The encounter was, um, it was Lucifer, the serpent versus Adam and Eve. He won. He won that round and he got authority based on it. And that's why Jesus would say after he rose from the dead, he meets his disciples, calls them to himself. Actually, Matthew 28 and says all authority in heaven and earth. See, in Luke four and Matthew four, Satan had bragged. Uh, this authority has been given me. Mm-hmm. But at the cross, see, that's why I say this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. What he did, who he is, when we become convinced of it. We stop allowing all this stuff to take place. And the weapons of our warfare are mighty. You have king's authority. You have priest authority. This, to repeat from last week, it's not wrestling authority. And it's not, you know, it's not UFC or boxing. We don't need to overpower physically. It's understanding, being convinced of our rights. It's like, you know, that's what they got. A good prosecuting attorney uh, or defense attorney is who knows the law, knows what's right, and he wins over uh, the debate and argument. Well, we we don't have to go through all the points of of that, but we do have to become convinced of what I'm telling you. That's why this is such an important time. None of the seals are like in our future. There is a part of, there's going to be more mystery once we get to the seventh, okay? I I will admit that, but you're not going to believe what good news and how clearly is revealed Every single thing that's going on in society right now, this is a mm-hmm. revelation. And I, I mentioned last time, you know, back to the chart, worthy is the lamb to receive. And it goes into naming all seven things. Actually, if you do it, I didn't put it in the, in the, in the correct order there. But worthy is the lamb. Uh, well, you understand it. It's, those, it's Revelation 5.12. If you go in the order, it actually starts with power. Worthy mm-hmm. is the lamb power, which we associate with the mountain of government. And so... Even that, and it will go seal by seal, will be perfectly in line with that area of culture revealed from the standard of Revelation 5.12. Hopefully people pick pick up on that. So here's the deal. Yes, we don't have to worry about the seals being open. What seal are we on now? These seals are what Satan has been doing. It's what he has been doing mountain by mountain. He's been killing, stealing, destroying. And it's been exposed to us as never before. And wow. he has no authority to do so. Jesus is not coming again to, to make this. You know, it's not like when he returns, he takes care of that. He's not dying again. He doesn't have to do anything else because he told us, you are kings and priests. I have made you. You are made kings and priests to your God. This mm. is our response to him. We're not kings and priests to ourselves. It's not we walk around because that's some distortion that comes out. Okay, I get to do whatever I want. No. Kings and priests right. to God. He is the king of kings. Your kingship only exists because he is king. And as soon as you remove your kingship outside of him being king, his narrative, right. his plan, his character, you've lost it all. Yes. Woo! 
This is good stuff. <laughs> good news. All right. All right, uh, Kelsey, let me see if I've uh, I, I, good. I got that part done. So that that is good. And we're going to we're going to really um, hopefully in the next one, we can do two or three seals. And it's and it's going to be it, it's going to be fun. Um, I just want to make sure I'm not going to come back later and said I left this thing unclear because I know the questions come. You, you didn't you didn't answer this question. So you, didn't, you forgot got, to say this. <laughs> so you just get it though so lucifer has been killing stealing destroying from the mountain of government remember these whole all these things that took place the uh um you know these uh, even though the who the world health organizations involved in all this it's government that has empowered this agenda and mm-hmm. it's, and it's been advanced through a stream of egypt one of the seven streams of egypt the lie there this is what's being now dissolved. We have to rise. We have to rise with our declarations. We have to rise with our prophecies, with our prayers, with our actions. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, there's so many now that are beginning to arise and confront and, yes. and, and understand the value of taking things to court and challenging them legally. When you challenge something legally on behalf of the King of Kings here on earth, it registers that way as well up there. So there's value. Even mm-hmm. if you think, oh, man, they're too rich for me. You challenge something legally, you are stepping into your kingship and your priesthood, and then you are allowing God to show up in a mighty way. And we're going to see some great victories coming from all this and from all of you who are rising and shining at this time. So, yes, Amen. I'm happy with how much I've shared now. Any other comment, Kelsey, another question or anything? I'm, I'm fine with yeah, that. As well. make, make sure you leave your questions and comments in the chat because we do go through them. Um, and we can always next next time Johnny's on with us, we can pull some of them and and ask some questions if we have some time. But he went over a lot today. And my only comment is go through Revelation yourself and read Revelation, you know, one through six and just read what it says. Get familiar with the text. And so that way, when Johnny continues to teach on this, you already have in your mind what it says and that will help you understand all that he's sharing as well if if you've never read this it's going to be very confusing to you so read through until he comes back next monday read through the book of revelation and start to read through the seals and that way when he breaks them down and talks about them you'll have a little bit better understanding of what he's saying i think it'll make it easier um and then johnny too before we close today will you pray for everybody will, will you pray for all the viewers as the holy spirit leads you Yes. And I was, um, let me see. I had one instruction from Elizabeth, you know, and so um, (laughs) I want to tell you about uh, just as we're closing, then I'm going to do the prayer. Um, Elizabeth did another. uh, And one reason we keep telling you about someone you should know. And I think it's under some, sometimes I'm doing the interview, but Elizabeth, I, the someone you should know is somebody who's stepping to the plate like a reformer, someone who's stepping into their King's, and priesthood authority. And so it connects with everything we're saying. It's not we're trying to advance anybody else's resource material or whatever else. Just like the um, and there's an amazing response to Tara Nelson's. Um, um, and I finally, you know, I could never find it last week. Uh, declarations in, in the desert, the declarations in the desert. This is stepping into being kings and priests to our God. And so here is there is an interview with a Dr. Wendy Flint. 
school boards a call to action, but you don't really have to know about this book. But she is an amazing warrior on behalf of the kingdom of God. And she is showing us how in a practical way. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we want to say take school boards, but if we understand this is ground zero where the enemy is, you know, somebody to say conversely, interrupt my own self and say, has said that if we took all the school boards with good by by, t- by take, it's bring enough light where light dominates. If all the school boards in this nation were taken over, the assignment essentially of turning this nation into a sheep nation is done even at that place because mm. they're allowing the curriculum that then trains and distorts perspective for the kids is coming out from there. They're gatekeepers for how we're taught for 12 to 16 years. And, right. and so we have not thought that, well, no, I'm going to go to Africa. Listen, it's the most abandoned mission field. It's one of the most abandoned mission fields for the body of Christ. And we have to start um, recognizing as so. And, you know, we get to the seal that talks about the mountain of education. We're going to re- we're going to hit upon that again because he's been killing, stealing and destroying through what he's doing uh, there. So this is a uh, it's a call to action. And so, yeah, on someone you should know, Restore 7 Rumble and Dr. Wendy Flint, please listen to Elizabeth. Uh, interview her, and then connect with her and her resource. And honestly, we have so many, and I know we have from many nations listening to us, but it ends up being, you know, on any on any given program, 300,000 people that are watching it, and they say there's probably five times as many people. Um, that's the kind of the science of the whole thing. So there's a one and a half million people overall kind of listening to my my uh, program on an ongoing basis. That's that's moving. You know, he doesn't need a crowd. He doesn't you know, it does God the same to win by few or many, he says. But this is a practical way. We because that's a question some people ask, like, oh, how do we step into? Yeah, like it. We're kings and priests. And we don't just want to go around and, you know, blow smoke in each other's face. Yeah, we're kings and priests. Let's (laughs) do something that shows we are. All right. I'll pray. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing around the earth right now. Thank you for the privilege of living in such an exciting time where you are exposing the enemy, exposing his work, and at the same time revealing more and more of the grandioseness, the majesty of who you are, your plan. Uh, This book, Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as we've been going into you in in Revelation 4 and 5 and 6, um, Lord, we're seeing how amazing you have been all along and how uh, ahead of everything you knew every twist and turn the enemy would make, you know, everyone he's planning on. Now you knew he would come with needles and try to use that as his primary objective to kill and depopulation, depopulate the earth. And you have that even seen by John back in revelation chapter six, Lord, Mm -hmm. let your sons and daughters who are listening right now be ignited with your fire for this moment. Be convinced as never before of their kingship, of their priesthood, of their ability to stand up as David's and take down Goliath's, to stand up uh, in your power, in your presence, in your glory. We don't do this after the flesh. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So we arise up inspired by you and your storyline, your narrative, and we advance And thank you, Lord, for releasing that strength to your sons and daughters, even right now through impartation in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. All right, Johnny, before we close, um, I see right there, restore7.org. So people can go there to check you out. But where else can people follow you? Uh, Johnny and Elizabeth Enlow on Facebook, um, public page, Johnny Elizabeth Enlow. So we have a good following there. We have our own Rumble and uh, we haven't developed it much per- comparative to what we do on uh, Elijah Stream. But we'd love you to go there. If you're a listener here, go to our Johnny and Elizabeth in the Rumble and, and you know, whatever I can you like in some way in order to um, <laughs> follow it. Follow uh, them there. <laughs> thank, thank you, Kelsey. You know, it's like I'm so slick and at these things. And so I know we have um, an Instagram and, you know, depending whatever your your favorite way of following. OK, True Social. We're on True Social. And, mm-hmm. and so we have um, my daughter, Grace, does a great job of um, even going through different ones, my teachings and sometimes books and put little snippets in, in there from time to time. Besides the, the live conversation that we have with mm-hmm. you. And again, it's all designed. It's all feeds what we're talking about. This is not care less. I could care less. Elizabeth care less about growing our ministry, care less about selling our books. We want the body of Christ on fire with his storyline, his narrative. Let's give the lamb the reward that is due him for the sufferings that he did. And we're going to. So, yes. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys so much. Thanks for being with us today. You're probably going to watch us a couple more times. <laughs> and thank you, Johnny, for being on with us. We love you so much. We honor you and Elizabeth. Tell Elizabeth we said hi. Tomorrow, you guys, uh, Steve's going to be back with Dave Hayes, which is praying medic. You don't want to miss this episode. Julie's already told me it is packed with a ton of information. He's going to be sharing how to decode uh, Q posts. So it's it's going to be a a very full episode. You do not want to miss it. We'll see you right here tomorrow with Praying Medic. Love you guys. God bless. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.